Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Fun show for you guys today. It is, I can't believe it, but it's almost the end of first quarter, four quarters in every year, of course. I have to say that because I know some of you don't know that. Throwing it out there. So there's four quarters in every year. We're ending the first quarter, January, February, March. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking a look back, helping you guys formulate whether or not you're on track behind or ahead of your goals, assuming you've set goals for the year. So we're going to be walking you through the exact mental process that we take all of our high-end coaching clients through so you can decide where you need to add more energy or maybe you know you're on track for what you want to accomplish um so we're going to take you through that in a second before we do of course my lovely wife julie is going to read some of the reviews and some other facebook comments and whatnot guys we love the um 300 plus five-star reviews of our book on amazon and uh certainly appreciate your continued support keeping it at a number one status as far as books in our space that have sold. And also, I don't know if I mentioned this, the, the uh, podcast, this show, is now in the top of all the education, in the education section on iTunes. I think it's top 10 or top 15. And the ones that are ahead of us are these big, huge podcasts that have been around for, you know, ever and ever, like, you know, PBS and things like that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Julie, who would you like to recognize? <laughs> this is such a great story from Teresa Mesmer on the private Facebook page. Here's what she writes. Door knocked a neighborhood with an expired listing. Found a seller across the street from the expired. I did a pre-listing consultation, helped with staging advice, listed the home, open house the next day, pended the property in 17 hours at $3,000 over list price. Altogether, I have five hours in this transaction so far. My seller gets to move to their new build. The buyer gets a great home. I get to know I helped and have met a new couple for my circle of influence and friends. All that from door knocking around and expired. Didn't list the target property that expired, listed somebody she talked to across the street, sold it in less than 17 hours. So nice job. Great story. Just shows what you can do when you take action. All right. Uh, let's see. From Josette Gamble in Florida. Josette writes, so today I had an expired listing appointment. I was determined to get that listing, so I decided I'd bring a gift. Well, since it's Easter, I figured I'd go with Flo, make a little Easter gift bag. Great idea, I thought. Well, I got there. Sellers were nice. But surprisingly, they don't celebrate Easter. However, they appreciated the gesture and took the chocolate from the bag, <laughs> which said a special thank you, and they loved it. And yes, I got the listing. Woohoo! So she shows some pictures of her uh, little pop-by chocolate thing there and took the listing. All right, we've got a referral to San Diego sitting there on the private Facebook page that I just approved that posting. So San Diego agents in our coaching program, make sure you jump on that. And then let's see. Uh, let me just open this one up. This might be, no, well, I think it's okay. Okay, so this is from Kimberly Orr. My biggest fear in life, speaking in front of a group of people. By a group, I mean more than five people. I hate it. I'd rather have a root canal. I was invited to pitch my property at a pitch session for local realtors. My first response was, hell no. But then I heard that damn saying from Tim and Julie, you know it all by heart now. So I said yes. 
As the session starts, I'm trying to figure out a graceful way of how to get out of it. I can say I just received a text that my dog got out, and I have to go, or my seller just called, and there was an issue at the property. I mean, I thought of a lot of excuses. But then the session started. Crap, I can't leave now. I know I'm fifth to speak, and as each agent walks up, my time is getting closer. My cheeks start getting red. I'm starting to sweat. I'm feeling sick. My hands start to shake. Not good at all. Did I mention I hate speaking in front of people? If it wasn't 7 a.m., I would have done a shot of tequila for sure. Then as the fourth person finishes, I know I'm next. So I say to myself under my breath, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, and do it at the highest level. I got called. I walked up to the front of the room, and I stood in front of 100 people and pitched my property. I survived. I must say, I would never have said yes if it wasn't for T&J, Tim and Julie Coaching. So thank you, I think, with a little smiley face. So nice job, Kimberly, or overcoming your fear and trepidation and doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it, and I'm sure you did it at a high level. And in front of well more than five people, in front of 100, nice job. So sometimes it's these steps of overcoming that fear of speaking in front of people. Who knows what that's going to lead to? Maybe one of those agents loved your listing and is going to go sell it this afternoon for you because you pitched it. So nice job. Uh, let's see. I think that's plenty from the Facebook page. I wanted to do a quick little shout-out and thank you for the reviews of the book on Amazon. Amazon.com, just type in Harris Rules Book, and it will take you to where you need to be. So Benjamin Jewett writes, wow, bought this book while on vacation and read the entire thing on vacation. The information contained in this book is truly a, mo a roadmap to success, and I've been working on it now for three days and already have one listing that I obtained. So that's pretty good. Uh, awesome reporting. From Thomas Durkin, perhaps one of the best real estate books available. Loved the portion on motivation, external versus internal. Just that concept has inspired me to look at not only my real estate career, but my mental, physical, and spiritual state. So that was very introspective and seems to have hit a chord there. Thank you for that, Thomas. And one more, and then we'll get to our topic du jour from James Lyons. Uh, James writes, Tim and Julie are truly a blessing to my business and my life. They always seem to say what I need to hear, when I need to hear it, and how I need to hear it. I look forward to coaching call every day. Looking forward to reading more into this one. Okay, so thank you for the reviews, guys. And back to you, Tim. So, Julie, I just had an interesting call with one of my clients, and he is a very successful agent at working huge deals, like 4.5, 6.2, you know, 9.9, .9, mm -hmm. and he makes lots and lots of money. He does a lot of commercial deals, things like that, where he has mm -hmm. big, you know, closings. And he has, you know, obviously a lot of money coming in. He has been very reluctant to actually chase any residential type real estate to really build up any kind of inventory beyond having these big deals. And I'm sure, you know, numerically cash flow wise, it's just fine. But the problem with these big commercial deals that he does is that they're not duplicatable. They're, they're not predictable. He can't control it. He just basically had a bunch of deals that he'd been chasing for over a year that are all sorting, you know, basically they're sorting themselves out now. So he and I had this conversation where he was, and I want your opinion on this. He told me that he is reluctant now, he, remember, he has never really pursued residential. He wants to pursue residential. Intellectually, he understands that he needs to have, uh, or he should have, at least 10 listings at all times. Average listing in his sale price or his market, if he chased residential, would be about 500000 So his average commission, because it's still 6% in his market, would be $15,000. He told me the following things. Okay, listeners, I want, you to, I want you to coach him in your minds as I tell you what he said to me. I'm not going to say his name. Steve. I'm not going to say his name though, but I won't, Steve. So here's how this went. He said that he doesn't think chasing that business is, quote, worth his time. And he's worried. Remember, guys, I only wanted him to have 10 listings at all times. Uh, and this is a guy that has, what, six or $700,000 in commission pending. 
And I wanted him to treat that six or $700,000 as winning lottery tickets and use that money to invest, not use it to live off of, not use it to basically buy luxuries in life, but to actually use that money to buy apartment complexes and do things, create things, create wealth, opposed to having to spend it and live off of it. It's the reason that so many of you guys might have a successful flip, but because you weren't working in your normal residential business, the cash flow from that flip just basically compensates for the money you didn't make when you should have been, you know, maybe doing both. So he told me he's worried that it's A, not worth his time. Remember, guys, the commercial stuff is not duplicatable. He cannot create more of those transactions unless obviously he pursues listings. Number two, he told me that he's worried that that'll uh, remember 10 listings is all at all times is all I want him to do is that the uh, business, the normal residential business will take too much time away from his family. So if you had somebody that said that, what would you tell him? Interesting uh, scenario. I like this. This is a good uh, coaching study here. Well, I think the n number one thing to focus on is predictable and duplicatable. How much time is he taking away from his family chasing things that are not predictable and duplicatable? Albeit some of them are coming together, that's great. But if you were to compare the time he's got in each of those deals versus the story I just shared from Facebook, right? 17 hours or less, sold immediately, you know, it's a happy seller, done deal. How much so, time did that Julie, let's, take away? No. Let's, let's, okay. cut through, let's cut through the, let's yeah. cut through the, an, and the analysis because that's what he wanted to do too. And let's just get to the heart of why he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it because right now he's feeling real to rich because of his closings. Sure. And he's being lazy and he's trying to rationalize being lazy. He's trying to rationalize doing what he doesn't want to do when he doesn't want to do it at the highest level. He doesn't want to learn, or at least he's trying to rationalize not learning how to do things that frankly, and he's just basically, you know, the, the prospecting, the lead generation, asking people yeah. for business. He doesn't do it. He's gotten most of these uh, commercial deals from referrals. One from his broker, well, one was from a- Luck you know, two opium. Oh, exactly. Lots of opium. So in a, some of you guys are in situations like these, and we have some of the most, you know, richest agents in the business as personal coaching clients. And these guys get real to rich and they'll start doing silly things and they'll stop working because they have, you know, I have an agent right now who I'm coaching who probably has over a million dollars in pending commission after his first quarter. And he'll probably make, let's just say he slacks off during the summer, which I know he'll do because he likes to go to Europe. I bet you that he'll end up still making about two and a half to $3 million after broker splits. And he runs an incredibly profitable business. So he'll probably make at least after taxes, half of that. So how do you, but these are from big deals. These are from big deals that come from, uh, you know, some of it, lots of it are referrals from, I can't say who, because I have a confidential reality agreement with him, but it's not duplicatable. He can't predict it. And he's another one. He just basically, so guys, here's the discipline. Some of you are blessed with opportunities like what I'm describing. Some of you guys are having your best years ever, but you cannot and you should not ever forget what Sam Walton says. If you want to live with the classes, you have to sell to the masses. Always have enough income, income spokes. You guys know, you guys understand the lead generation spokes. You need to understand the real goal is to have income spokes. So using these guys in the, as an example, I've had other coaching clients like this as well, is you want to have a, your, all your income, personal income, your family's money. That comes from having, in his case, maybe five or 10 listings at all times. The other agent I gave you as an example, same thing. He needed to increase his number of listings as well. It takes work. It takes discipline. It takes doing what they didn't want to do and they didn't want to do it at the highest level. And then use the other money, the windfall money, see it for what it is, 
non-duplicatable windfall money. Use that money, money to invest. Right. Use that. That's the mindset. That's how you get rich. Otherwise, what happens is you just spin up your lifestyle. You buy more expensive everything. And the next thing you know, your you know, overhead goes to some ridiculous number and you never are able to accumulate any money after taxes. So some of you guys are experiencing exactly what I'm describing. And I know, again, nobody talks to you about this. Please do not fall prey of basically suffering from being realtor rich and use the money that you're making from some of these big closings to get ahead, to save, to buy investment properties. If you don't know where to invest it, that's fine. Scroll away in the bank and wait and, and then study that up, you know, learn about it along the way. But please, guys, don't stop doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is a perfect segue into basically analyzing how you've done in, in the first quarter of the year. So a lot of you guys are, I hear this all the time from our coaching clients, are exceeding your goals already, are already on pace to have your best years ever, and that's fantastic. Please remember the little soapbox conversation we just had. Others of you who are just tuning into us for the first time or just joined the coaching program, you are just now spinning up your business in perfect. I'm glad you're doing it now, opposed to say the end of the year. And, and others of you don't know where the heck you're supposed to be. So you're either on track, you're behind, or you're exceeding your goal. Wherever you are, we're going to help you basically break down now with the points Julie wrote down for all of you so you can essentially keep, continue your momentum, increase your momentum, or actually build some momentum. Julie? Yes, exactly. So time for reflection. 25% of the year is over already. So question number one, what did you do the best? What did you do much better at? than you did say fourth quarter last year, all of last year, maybe even your entire career. Now common, I wrote down underneath that, Tim, in your notes, the common answers that I've gotten from coaching clients, best things that they've done first quarter, much improved lead follow-up, and much improved seller communication. Some of you guys are doing regular listing calls. And, and to your comment about Steve, and I, when you were talking about this, not that we mentioned his name, but when you were talking about the whole 10 listings at all times, it's going to take a lot of time away from my family, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. Agents who have not gotten to that magic number of listings, whether that's 10, 15, or 50, because everybody's a little bit different on whatever that magic number is. The magic number is the number of listings it takes for you to drive the business to yourself to meet or exceed your goals, okay? Because each active listing should spin off at least one more listing in the same neighborhood or a competing one and a drove of buyers. Agents who have not done that in a systematic way and managed, say, 10 listings at all times will give you those excuses. Well, it's gonna be awful to manage them. They're gonna take so much time away. Well, no, that's, it's actually easier. This is something that is a major breakthrough for many of you. It's actually easier once you get there because now, let's say that he gets to 10. He's got to replace one when he sells one. On the way to 10, you have to replace two or three for everyone that you sell. So yes, that is a challenge, but once you get there, it's actually a way easier lifestyle. So I just had to put that in there because it ties into well, so like the, what many of our clients but, have done with their communication levels with the sellers. But you're talking, but, you're talking about, you're talking about momentum and it would be a good way, a good mm -hmm. opportunity for us to remind all these guys about the plane taking off analogy. So Julie and I just got back from Orlando at Disney world. So I'll give you an abbreviated version of this. The plane is going to use the it, most fuel when it's, building momentum when it's getting to 30,000 feet or wherever the cruising altitude is, right? So the time, if you guys think about this, when you're sitting in your plane, you're looking out the window, you're seeing all the luggage being loaded, you're seeing everything happening, all the you know hustle and bustle of getting the plane ready to take off. 
that is the getting ready to get started uh, stage. And a lot of you guys stay at that stage in your careers too long. You're basically loading luggage for months and months, if not years and years. Some of you who've been in real estate for more than, I mean, some of you have been in real estate for literally decades and you're still getting ready to get started. You've not committed to one path. You're still doing the sampler. Maybe some of you are coming back into the real estate industry after having been out for a few months, six months, maybe some of you take the half the year off. I get it. Some of you are getting licenses for the first time. Others of you who basically have been doing the same thing year in, year, year in, year out, you're beginning the same result, if not a less result. You haven't realized that what you're doing doesn't work anymore and you need to update it. I mean, everyone's at different points in their career. So, and different points in their mindset and learning. So there's the getting ready to get started. There's the loading of the plane. Then the plane gets ready to take off on the runway. Now, what happens is it's on the runway. It's using the most fuel. You tray tables up, buckle in, seat backs, you know, straight. You're not, it, that's when the plane is going to be, you know, shaking and rattling and rolling. That's when the plane is going to use its most fuel, literally, to reach cruising altitude. Now, what happens if the pilot is in a cruising, you know, basically leaving the runway and has the throttles down or whatever they're called on a plane and trying to get up to cruising altitude? What about what happens if he pulls back? Well, has the plane's going to, you know rush back down to earth. It's going to lose its momentum and it's going to hit the runway again. And that's what a lot of you do. If you're able to even clear the runway in the first place, you guys will get started. You'll build, you'll build momentum. And then all of a sudden you'll just back off and you'll be crashing back down to earth. And I, you know, hopefully I'm not giving you guys too much visualizations of planes crashing, but you get the point, don't you? That's the reason I was saying what I was saying about some of you guys who are having your best years ever. Some of you are, who are falling into these huge deals. You, what happens is that you feel really proud of yourselves and successful, but what you don't realize is that you've stopped applying the throttle because you're not doing what you had to do to keep you know, the momentum going. So after those deals close and the checks clear, you're going to be back where you started on the runway loading that plane again. So the key is, the mindset key is, is to keep the throttle down, get to cruising altitude. And then once you're at cruising altitude, does the plane keep rattling and rolling? No, it gets quiet, doesn't it? They're, you're able to you know, get around and walk around. You're, they're going to serve you peanuts and Coke or whatever. You're going to actually be at more of a relaxed state. That's exactly how it is in your business. If you're willing to put in the effort to clear the run, to load the plane, that's what many of you are doing right now with coaching. And then as you build momentum, again, that's where coaching comes in, reminding you to keep the throttle down, don't back off, stay focused, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. And then when you reach cruising altitude, here's the cool thing. So Julie and I, Zoe and my mom, are flying back from Orlando, and the pilot says there's a massive storm that we're going to avoid, and we're going to probably add some time to the, um, you know, the trip. So we're going to have to veer off this direction. We're going to have to go to this height or this elevation and the whole thing. So that analogy works perfectly for your business as well, because let's say, for example, you decide that you want to go from making 200,000, 300,000, 500,000. 50,000, doesn't matter where your number is. You want to go to the next level? Well, you, what, like the pilot, you have to then apply more throttle, more effort, more doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. And then you'll get to, new, you'll get to your new altitude. And the, and the way we break this down for all of you to easily understand it's the magic number formula, which, by the way, is part of the real estate treasure map, a book that we give you free when you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So the magic number formula helps you to work out the total number of listings you need at all times so that basically you have very consistent cash flow. You go from cash flow, you go from cash spurts to cash flow. 
So you're at cruising altitude now at a higher level. You're able to increase your income. You're able to increase your savings. You're able to increase your investing. Hell, you're able to increase your, your lifestyle. Everything's getting better. Now, the trick is, is staying at cruising altitude. Like the pilot, you need to be recognizing the fact that you need to be monitoring the radar. You need to be looking for ways to make the ride smoother. You need to be looking for storm clouds ahead. That's where our coach comes in, help you guys stay on the straight and narrow and keep your businesses always at the highest level of efficiency, where frankly, you can burn less fuel and you can get more out of your business, as in profit. Profit's what you guys, that is the litmus test of how efficient you are at running your business. It's not that really, honestly, it's not the number of listings. It's not the number of transactions. It's the amount of profit you're making. Because with that profit, after you've paid all your business and personal overhead and taxes, of course, with that profit, you're able to reinvest. And that's how you get rich. Rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Are you guys paying attention to all this? So if you never get off the runway, you're never going to experience what it feels like to be at cruising altitude. If you never, if you get off the runway, but you never actually continuously apply the throttle, you're just going to be stopping and starting your entire life. I know some of you are going to email me after this call, after this show, and you're going to say, that's me. Because that is what most, how most people experience life. That's how most people go from constantly having good months, bad months, good years, bad years, fat, skinny. That's the whole thing. That's what people stop doing. They stop consistently applying the throttle. They only apply throttle when they're scared out of fear. That's when most people take action. Don't be like most people. Okay, guys, that makes sense. Now, where's the plane go? Wherever the hell you want it to go. This plane has unlimited fuel. That's you. Until you're dead, you can basically take this plane at cruising altitude for as long as you want. We have coaching clients who know what their magic number is, you know, whatever the number of listings is at all times. They know they have the cash flow coming in. They're continuously, repetitiously investing. Everything is working perfectly in their lives and their businesses. I mean, as far as you know, money goes, the things that we coach them towards. And in those cases, guys, if they don't want to apply more throttle, if they want to stay where they're staying, that's fine. You don't always have to increase the, your revenue. You don't. If you're accomplishing your goals, if you're making the amount of money you want to make, if you're, you know, you might get close to that mythical thing called balance, though I think that's a myth, like I said, but you might get to the point where you can start taking more time off. You can start having more time with your family, but you have to earn it. Otherwise, you're going to be suffering and you're going to cause your family to suffer. You're going to go from cash, cash, you know, great month, shitty month, great month. Shitty, and then at the end of the year, the shitty months and the great months are equal. So you went nowhere. Do you guys understand? I know intellectually you do. I know intuitively you do, but now it's just up for you guys to take action on that. That's where we go with all of this. So Julie, next point. Yeah. So that was under our much improved seller communication, learning to manage more listings. Uh, another common answer to what you did the best first quarter is better at finding inventory in unusual places. On our premier coaching call, Tim, I hear lots of examples where people are selling from the Zillow Make Me Move. They found a for sale by owner for a buyer where they couldn't find anything in the MLS. That for sale by owner then goes and buys with them. One thing leads to the next. So these guys are getting better at not just using the typical MLS, if it's not in the MLS in my drip system, I guess you're not gonna buy anything. So they're getting better at that. And they're using oftentimes those buyers as the excuse to prospect. Some of our coaching clients never would door knock an expired except in a neighborhood that the buyer's looking at, then they're successful at it and they realize expireds are not that scary and they go get more. That sort of story is pretty prevalent for first quarter reporting. Uh, a lot of people are saying getting help from a coach when needed. 
one of our themes on the Premier Coaching Call, uh, and I guess this kind of, I don't know, I might put this in the worst category, because the second question, first question is what did you do the best? Second question is what did you totally drop the ball on and why? Common thing is pricing. Price reductions are a hot topic right now. Some of you are in markets where it looks to be priced right. You're being really surprised that it didn't sell right away with multiple offers. Now you gotta learn price reductions you know, scripts, talking to your sellers, stuff like that. So getting better at pricing is something I'd put on almost everybody's list. It's better to price it to sell in the first place than to have to do price reductions. Obviously not everywhere in every segment in every market, but it is something that we're seeing. Another worst reporting, following a schedule. Still a typical thing that we hear, what did you drop the ball on? Well, I wrote this beautiful schedule out for New Year's and I thought I was gonna follow it, but I haven't done it a single day. So that's one thing. Uh, another common worst reporting, not using what you're paying for, like Mojo and BombBomb. Need to get better at using your BombBomb videos, things that you're already paying for. So anything you want to add to that, Tim, on our best of and worst of first quarter reporting? What do you hear? Um, well, I mean, you and I are spoiled because of our elite clients. We're all pretty much, you know, some of the most successful that's agents in the country. So, But I will tell you, you I, what you're saying about price reductions, that's definitely true. Um, you know, in Canada, we have a lot of great Canadian agents and I'll tell you for sure, the Canadian housing market is slowing down in the major markets in Canada. You guys have to be staying ahead of the curve. And that's obviously just, I do believe that the Canadian housing market's going to take, I don't know if it's going to be, it's definitely not going to be a crash, but there's definitely going to be protracted days in the market. And I always have to remind myself, Julie, that many, if not frankly, 90% of the 118,000 listening today. I bet you hardly any of them were in the business at a time when they had to know how to do price reductions. And so price reductions, guys, I know you have to remind yourself of that, don't you? Because when Julie and I sold real estate, we never sold real estate in a hot market, ever. No, we've had plenty of coaching clients that we've coached in hot markets. But Julie and I have, in order for us to accomplish our goals, we had to have 30, 40, 50 listings at all times. We had to constantly, every Friday was about price reductions to sellers. So that's how we came up in our market. You guys have been spoiled, many of you. Never had to sell in a market where it's, it, let's just call it normal, where you have to get price reductions and things of that nature. Premier Coaching has a lot of information about price reductions, scripts and things like that. Um, you need to get ahead of that curve. You need to get into the MLS. You need to find out the days in the market's extending. You need to find out if the list to sell price ratio is changing. Brokers, office managers who use this podcast to your training, you need to do this and show your agents how to do it so they can be, you know, essentially operate like high efficiency small business owners and be able to analyze the uh, market trends themselves. They're expected to know this. It's kind of malpractice if they don't. You guys need to look to see if there's, um, find out how much new construction is being planned. If there's any launches that are about to happen, remember new construction rarely goes in the MLS. New construction usually slaughters resales value. So really, really be informed about what's happening in your market. Um, but in across the country, I'll say I've seen an increase in, uh, I'm sorry, a, uh, how do I say it? The market seems to be really, really hot in all the markets that it's been hot in, okay? And the market seems to be incredibly strong in all the places it's been strong in. The markets where it's been mediocre, those markets seem to be leveling off. So out in LA, out on the East Coast, out in you know, California, just different markets where you think it's hot, it's hotter than you think. Even in the upper end price ranges, some of our agents that deal in properties that are typically in the eight figure range, their stuff is selling and it didn't sell last year. So I think personally, we're seeing a rebound in the economy. 
that is um, going to last. And I think we're going to see an increase in demand for housing demographically. And frankly, I'm not predicting any kind of, unlike, you know, frankly, last year, I thought there were storm clouds ahead. I'm not seeing any of that right now. Um, and none of my coaching clients are. And Julie and I are fortunate enough to have friends who are billionaires. And um, we have conversations with them. And they tell us basically in their businesses, they're planning for continue inve continued investing in their businesses. There's been a lot of things, changes that have happened with the tax law that are making people very optimistic. You guys can look at the values of things that what we do is we pay attention to things that rich people spend their money on. Rich people are the first people to know whether there's uh, storm clouds brewing on the horizon. So what Julie and I pay attention to are the values of collectible things. And there's, there's easy indexes that you can check in on this if you really want to kind of think way ahead of the curve. You can obviously, there's certain stocks and certain things like that you can pay attention to. Warren Buffett always talks about the best way to know what's coming in the economy is to pay attention to what's being shipped on the train tracks. I mean, that makes sense. Rather, you know, in, in terms of our uh, the durable, uh, see, uh, raw materials, are the orders for those things increasing or decreasing raw materials that's necessary to build cars and things like that. Um, you can look at uh, different things that are going to be uh, the first, like, for example, are you seeing an increase or a decrease in uh, luxury goods sales? Now, by luxury goods, I don't mean purses because those are bought by middle class people. I'm talking about um, fine art. I'm talking about exotic, not even leasable cars. I'm talking about like the kind of collectible cars that only multi, multi millionaires and billionaires buy. Look at really expensive coastal real estate, things like that, things that are not necessary for anyone to ever buy other than just to add to their portfolios. Those are the things, that if, if you see those types of things slow down, nobody reports on them because the general population doesn't know even those market, that those markets exist. But if you pay attention to what's happening in those markets, it's going to be a real great indication that the people that own the businesses, the people that run the country, they're not feeling optimistic. And if they're not feeling optimistic, chances are there's a really good reason why they're not feeling optimistic. And that good reason is probably not going to be known to the rest of the world for another year. So that's what we pay attention to. And I'll tell you guys something. Back in 06, Julie and I knew there was a housing a crash that was headed, uh, that was coming. And we, why? What was our greatest indication of this? The same exact thing I'm telling you about now. We had friends who were basically we've known through YPO and YEO. If you guys are curious how we know these guys, that those guys, a lot of them have been our mentors. They're older than us, many of them by decades. And they were all telling us to be on the lookout for a, a pretty big housing crash or a pretty big recession. They weren't sure what. And they themselves had stopped buying these luxury goods. They themselves had stopped investing in their businesses and stopped hiring. So if you want to know what's around the corner in your local market, kind of start nosing around to see what the upper end folks are doing. The guys that run the businesses, the guys that know what the orders are that they're going to be getting a year from now. And if you see that they're not purchasing things, if they're not spoiling themselves, especially this time of year, um, then there's probably some storm clouds brewing that maybe you're not paying attention to. Does that make sense, guys? A little advanced coaching for all of you. So if you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Um, guys, we're always, and I got, I think we had two or three folks that sent us suggestions for guest interviews. I think we accepted two of them. Uh, any suggestions for guest interviews, any, any suggestions for show topics, anything whatsoever that we can be um, offering to all of you guys to help you 
build incredibly profitable, successful real estate practices. We are always interested in what you have to say. Any questions to anything we can do to be directly helping you? It's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.